Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Struchowski Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Productivity. And before we get to the episode, I want to invite you to check out my website, mrproductivity.com. That's Mr. all spelled out, M-I-S-T-E-R, productivity.com. At the website, you can find out information about my productivity coaching, my speaking services. You can sign up for my Next Level Productivity Digest and so much more. It's all at mrproductivity.com. Also, consider joining the Mark Stucheski Podcast Facebook group. Now, I realize I have a very challenging first name, so the easiest way to get there is either click the link in the show notes or just go to mrproductivity.com, scroll all the way to the bottom of the page and click the link there. Today on the show, I'm chatting with Richard Flint, whose expertise is human behavior. Richard has a gift of taking what is confusing the people and showing them the pathway to clarity. He's also written 19 books. Wow. Richard, welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Hey, Mark, it is really, really great to be with you today. And better late than never, we <laughs> we are like uh, 13 minutes behind schedule because when I went to get in my Zoom room, just to give the listener a little background that, uh, you know, you don't always see behind the scenes, kind of like inside baseball here. I was in the wrong room and I'm like, how could I be in the wrong room? It's my own house. So, but through emails and text messaging, Richard and I are finally on the show and, uh, so that's a little what, what goes on. We are both pulling our hair out. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We couldn't talk to each other. Yeah. So, Richard, you are a very prolific writer. I just mentioned to the people that you have written 19 books, which is amazing because that's probably more than more books than people read an entire year. <laughs> that's more books than some people read in a lifetime. Absolutely. So yeah. now you are have an experience and expertise and your thing is human behavior. Now I got to ask you this question. Why human behavior? What made you get into that field? Well, every, every person is two things, Mark. They are a person, which is that entity that you see. Then they're a personality and they're the, the personality is the entity that you experience. And the experiential part of a person is all about their presence. And presence is about behavior. You know, one of the things I learned when I was doing uh, in the world of private counseling is that most people want honesty as long as it's not honest. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And I saw it all the time, Mark, because people would come to me and they tell you one thing that they wanted. And then you'd study their behavior, and it was a total contradiction. Uh, The biggest selling book that I've written, and it's used by companies and corporations all over the world, is entitled Behavior Never Lies. That the essence of truth is not what someone says, it's what they do. And so as far back as I can remember, I have been a student of studying whether there is connection or contradiction between what people say and what they do. And you find that the majority of it is a contradiction, not a connection between the two. So break that down for us a little bit. Well, you've had people in your life who have said, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. And you believe them. Sure. 
and, and then you you watch them, and they never institute the behavior to do it. Hmm. And you see, I believe that all behavior has an agenda, and that the essence of what someone really wants is not what they talk about. It's their behavior because their behavior is the actual agenda that they're going to live out. Does that make sense? It does, and it's very profound because I don't think anyone thinks like that. Well, because we live in a world where people don't really hold other people accountable for their behavior. I mean, the whole world of accountability, Mark, is just sort of slipping away in that there, there's, we live in a world today where everybody feels they're entitled. And the more there's entitlement, the less accountability there is. So I can tell you anything I want to tell you. And then if I don't want to do it, it's okay. And I don't, I, people don't seem to mind, you know, not following up on what they say they're going to do with their life. Well, I can tell you as a productivity coach, one of the things that built in my coaching is accountability. And like you just alluded to, you can lie to yourself. You can put something on your to-do list. You can put something on your calendar, whatever. And if you don't do it, nobody really knows. But when you go and invest in a coach who's going to hold you accountable and you're paying a lot of money, well, you're more likely going to do that because otherwise you're just basically shredding money. Yeah, I turned one of my mentoring students, Lucy, the other day and just told him, you know, I don't want to work with you anymore because we sit and have our meetings and we talk about what you're going to do. And we sit and we make our achievement list of what you're going to achieve from this conversation. And then when we get back together, you've never touched it. So you're you're wasting my time and I'm wasting your time if we're not connected for Mark, for anything to have power, it has to be connected at three points. And you got to have a common purpose. We got to understand why we're doing what we're doing. You got to have a common agenda where we agree on how we're going to do it. And then we got to have that common commitment where I can trust and believe in you that you've said this is our purpose. This is how we're going to do it. Now, I can trust that you're going to follow through and do it. And where there's not that common purpose, common agenda, and common commitment, there's conflict. And anytime someone has conflict in their life, they're also very frustrated. And when you and I get frustrated, that's where disappointment sets in. And once I become disappointed, it's hard for me then to accept anything that you're saying. So then what happens? I bring three more emotions into play. I doubt what you're saying. I worry about what you're saying. And I'm uncertain that you're going to do anything that you've said. So how are we going to communicate if that's our foundation? Hmm. Well, let me ask you this, Richard. Why do you think we're recording this in 2019 why do you think people are not wanting to be held accountable, not wanting to actually mean what they say and say what they mean? What, what do you think is going on in their world today? Well, I'll go backwards with you, okay? I, I do a lot of work in, uh, in family. I, when I was on the church staff, uh, I did 
probably 12 to 14 hours a day of counseling. And a lot of that was marriage counseling. And what I've come to understand is that one of the things that's happened in this country has been the result of the breakdown of the American farm. When someone grew up on a farm, they had a role. They did their role. Kids grew up, they had, they had a role, they did it, and they were held accountable. And all of a sudden, as we begin to dissolve the American farm and we became more and more affluent, accountability started to slip. You know, I, I see so many parents today, Mark, who would rather buy their kids than hold their kids accountable. Mm. When, I, when I was on the church staff, I had a dad bring his 10 and a half year old son to me, wanted me to help him fix his son. Well, here's a little boy, Mark. He's 10 and a half years of age. Every Monday morning in his hand, he gets his weekly allowance, which is $500 cash. <laughs> oh, wow. 10 and a half years of age. $500 every Monday. By Wednesday, he's broke. And he, there's no drugs or no alcohol involved. He bought his friends. And, and the, the more that we, we give, the less accountability there is to go with it. And what I find today is that we live in a world where everybody wants something for nothing. And the word everyone is wrong. There are many people who want something for nothing. And when someone wants something for nothing and we give it to them, we've created an expectation that there's no accountability to what we've given them. 100%. We're moving so far away from holding people accountable for behavior. I mean, just look at the justice system. Look at everything that's happening. And... No one wants to be responsible. The whole incidents with the young man in Chicago, where that, the guy that was on Empire. I mean, they threw everything out, even though they had the evidence of being guilty. So he feels vindicated, and he doesn't feel responsible or accountable for anything that he's done. You know, it's interesting going back to the story of the young man getting $500 cash. When my wife and I started following Dave Ramsey, he has this ingenious idea. Instead of giving people allowance, it's called the commission. And right. what you want to do, if you're not familiar with it, listener, is you pay your kids based on the chores they do as members of the family. They don't do the chores. They don't get paid, just like in real life. You don't work, you don't get paid. And when we switched our daughters to that commission, let me tell you, there was like, wait a minute, why don't you just give me money? I'm like, no, you can have all the money you want. You just got to earn it. And you know what's interesting, Richard? More often than not, they just said, ah, forget it. It's not worth it. <laughs> and we yeah. weren't paying them a dollar. Like, I got paid a dollar allowance when I was a kid 50-some years ago. We were paying them good money, but they didn't want to earn the money. And I find that very sad. Do you think, Mark, do you think parents can do too much for a child? Yes. I think you need to fall on your face. When I was a kid, I used to get hurt. And, you know, you have to go through getting hurt spiritually, emotionally, physically. It's part of growing. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm a student of words, and I, I, I like how words fit together. And in our world today, we teach success and failure. I believe that all emotions travel in threes. So 
if all we're teaching is success and failure, then you don't want to fail. So when I don't want to fail, I deny any responsibility for what I've done. But there's a third word in there that we don't talk about because we don't want people to have to deal with this. It's about success, failure, and defeat. And we don't want to talk about defeat because that's not good. But yet, if we're never challenged to stand back up when life knocks us down, and we stay down, we're defeated because we lose any sense of a dream. We, we lose any, any hope that's within us. And my definition of failure is really simple. One word, failure is fertilizer. Hmm. And when you get knocked down and, and the rug's pulled out from under you, that's an opportunity for growth. And that failure, that knockdown, should fertilize our life. It should give us strength. It should make us lean back and really look at who we are and what we want to do with our life and say, okay, this is just an option that didn't work. And every time you get knocked down and you stand back up, to me, that is success. Success is taking the next step after you've been tripped. I love that. And there's two examples that come to mind as you were talking there, Richard. One is Tim Ferriss, whose first book, The 4-Hour Workweek, was rejected 37 times. It's now one of the most best-selling books out there. The other one is a little-known lady probably no one's ever heard of, Oprah Winfrey. How many times was she rejected when she was trying to get in her career started? But they didn't say, well... One, no, I guess it wasn't meant to be. They just kept going and going and persisting, and now they're juggernauts. But if they would have given up the first rejection or the first no, we would never know who they were today. I was Mark, I was doing a convention in Las Vegas, and I was speaking to a, a very, very large crowd. And the guy that was on in front of me spent his 60 minutes talking about how you never want to accept failure for your life. And I stood back there and I'm just cringing and he's over and they introduced me. And I've only done this twice in my entire 30 plus years of speaking. I walked out on stage and I looked at the audience and I looked at the guy who was standing off to the side of the stage backstage. And I said, folks, I don't mean any disrespect to this gentleman, but you've got to forget everything he just told you. Mm. Because if you can't fail, you can't grow. Failure is the front door to growth, personal growth. And, you know, success is not about things. My definition of success is, again, very simple. It's putting one foot in front of the other. And every day that you put one foot in front of the other, you have succeeded. But yet we live in a world where we look at success and we look at by what people wear, the house they live in, the car they drive, all of these externals. But you and I have both met people that if you just looked at them, you go, man, they're successful. But when you get to talk to them, they're an empty shell. And conversely, um, you probably have read the book, The Millionaire Next Door from Dr. Thomas Stanley. And he talks about there are people living next door to you in not million dollar homes 
who are very wealthy, Warren Buffett, he still lives in the house he paid $30,000 for many years ago. So you got to be really careful judging people because you can go rent a Lamborghini. Apparently, I was not aware of this until recently and take some pictures in front of it and post it on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and go look at me. But then you return the Lamborghini to the rental shop. You can go and you can have a plane and have your picture taken in front of the plane and then Photoshop it so it's your own, but it's not reality. And I think people need to own their, okay, I have not made it in air quotes here, air quotes, air made it, but it's okay. I'm on my journey. And I think, Richard, the journey is more fun reaching it. We all think, well, I'll be happy when. No, you won't, because if you're not happy now, you won't be happy when you're married or when your kids move out or when you're 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 years old. If you cannot be content right now in your circumstances as you're hearing this conversation, you're not going to be content or happier when you get whatever you're looking for. Yeah. And Mark, it goes back to me, to the foundation. I mean, I think that there is a foundation in life that is what creates our strength. Number one, you got to believe in yourself. And that's not easy for a lot of people because they're too busy looking over their shoulder at everything that went wrong in their life. When I was 16, my adopted parents gave me a suitcase and told me it was nice knowing me. And from the age of 16, I have physically been on my own. And I'll tell you, Mark, I went through a long period of time where I did not believe in me. And when you don't believe in yourself, you you become an instrument that other people can use. Mm. Because when you don't believe in yourself, there is this emotional scent that goes out of you and people can smell it and they can sense it. And I became a vessel that other people would use simply because I didn't believe in me. But God put three men in my life at three strategic times and every one of them were there to open a door of belief. And then when you believe in yourself, the next thing, you got to trust yourself. I don't think people understand how powerful an enemy doubt is. Because doubt is what robs us of our personal strength. And the reason we have so much doubt is because we don't believe in ourselves. And when I have that foundation of belief, then what happens? I begin to trust me. And I, as I trust me, I, I lose my fear of the unknown. And I know that if I trust myself, that I can step forward because I believe in me. And when those two come together, then what do I get? I get the faith in myself. And faith is what allows us to take risk. If I don't believe in myself, trust myself, and have faith, I'm not going to take any risk. And what happens if I don't take risk? I get trapped in yesterday. I wish people could understand that yesterday is a reference library, not a room to live in. Mm. I talk to so many people, Mark, and all they want to talk about is the yesterday of their life. I want to talk to them, what about today? What about now? What are you doing with now? Oh, man, I've just got so many problems and pains, you know, and things from yesterday. I, I, I just don't think I can ever do that. What are they missing? Belief in their self, trust, and faith. And when those three come together, there is a visual demonstration of belief, trust, and faith coming together, and that's confidence. 
And confidence is where I can walk forward, not doubting myself, not worrying about whether I can do this or not, but taking the belief that I am a person with talents, understanding that when I trust me, I see things that I can't see when I'm doubting myself. And when I have the faith in me, I have that faith in myself, I can move mountains. And with confidence, I look past what could hold me hostage. Hmm. I'll share a story. I'll share a quick story of when I got into speaking. I was speaking and people were giving me, you know, oh, you're doing a great job. And of course, my wife's my biggest fan. And I was a member of the National Speaker Association here in Houston. And one time I was taking a course and I was up there giving a speech and and I, I didn't know how well I did. You know, there's one there's Toastmasters speaking and then there's the National Speakers Association. And I gave some presentation and went to sit down. And one of the people that was in the audience came up to me and says, wow. I'm like, wow, what? She goes, you have such a commanding presence of the room. And I wasn't even aware of this. I was just saying to myself, as long as I get through this presentation, but because she put that in the confidence in me and the belief in me, it increased my own belief, which allowed me to improve my speaking ability. And and I think we all need people like that in our lives to say, hey, listen, you're doing a good job. You're going the right direction here because, yeah, we need to have self-belief. But we also need people in our lives who are going to cheer us on and give us the confidence for those days when we're not having a good day, when we're not having good confidence, they can kind of boost us uh, with the confidence. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Mark, I have 16 foundational principles that hold my life together and my whole life is structured be around these. One of my 16 is this, never keep anyone in your life who's not part of your fan club. Mm. Because anyone who's not part of your fan club is your critic. And all a critic is, is a person who is jealous of who you are, what you're doing, how you're achieving, and they've got to make you look small. And I don't keep anyone in my life who's not part of my fan club. Your fans don't criticize, they support. But how do they support you? They support you with compassion. They support you with love. And they support you with honesty. I just had to write that down because that is pure gold. Never keep someone in your life who's not part of your fan club. That is gold. Listener, you need to write that down on a note card and carry it with you everywhere because that is going to help you so much to believe in yourself and increase your confidence. Get rid of the people who are dream killers and naysayers and are always saying you'll never accomplish anything. Get them out of your life. Yes. Even if they're the family member and get people in your life who are going to edify you and encourage you. Yeah. Because Mark, I think, I think the number one thing, the greatest compliment that can ever be paid a human life is that you have a presence that is present when you're not present. Wow. Say that again. Cause I think people might've missed that. The greatest statement of respect that can be paid to another human is that you have a presence that is present when you're not present. Mm, that is so powerful. 
That's the secret to reputation. And in sales, Mark, you know, if someone's in sales, I mean, they long for repeat and referral business. What's going to generate repeat and referral business? That when you walk out of that customer's life, they cannot forget you. What's the strength to leadership? Is that you have such a strong presence that you don't have to be there all the time for people to do what they know they need to be doing. I'm doing, uh, in May, I'm doing a leadership retreat in uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, something I've wanted to do for 10 years. And I'm only uh, offering it to 15 people to join me there. And one of the things that we're going to talk about is the fact that a leader is a person that has presence that presence gives them the right to lead the organization through the power that they bring, which is called leadership. We don't have a lot of leaders, Mark. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of people with titles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as far as a true leader, people who have that presence, let me ask you a question. You ever had someone in your life and that really has had a major impact on who you are today. Now, they may not even still be alive, but have you? can you think of just one person that had a dynamic impact on who Mark is today? Oh, absolutely. I mean, not just one. There's several of them. But just give me one. Well, my current coach right now, she has impacted my life, and we've only had a coaching relationship for about nine months. But she has yeah. dramatically impacted my life. Okay, you don't talk to her every day, do you? Nope. Okay, but are there times whenever you're not talking to her, but she's talking to you in your head? Oh, all the time. I I know exactly what she's going to say. <laughs> if if I reached out to her by text or by phone, I know exactly what she would say. Okay, that's presence, is it not? It is. And death does not have to end a person's presence. Mm-hmm. They can be strengthened. And every day we should work on increasing the value of our presence. How do we do that? By believing in ourselves, by trusting in our gifts. Everybody has gifts. Everybody has a stage for their life. And people ask me all the time, how do you know when you're not on the right stage in life? How do you know when you're not in the right place? Your life will lack three things. It lacks happiness. It lacks fulfillment, and it lacks freedom. And I don't care where you are in your life. If what you're doing with your life is not about you being happy, feeling fulfilled, and having the freedom to be yourself, it is the wrong place for you. So I have that belief in myself, that trust in myself, the faith. And I have that confidence. And how are you going to know I have that through my behavior? Not through my words, but through my behavior. And that's why behavior cannot lie. Behavior never lies. Behavior never lies. I love that. Well, I will tell you this much, Richard. There is just so much gold that you gave us in this episode today. I mean, it's it's full of information, and the listeners going to have to listen to this episode another time because there's just so much here. They're going to need to take notes. It's incredible. But let me ask you this question. Where can we find you online? 
you can go to my website, which is richardflint.com. It's F-L-I-N-T. And Mark, I'd really like to ask your listeners to really, when they go there, go to my Star Maker conference. Every summer, I do a conference where I invite 200 people to come spend a weekend with me. And this will be our 29th Star Maker. Wow. Our dates are July 26, 27, 28. Here's the interesting thing about Star Maker, Mark. Last year, we had 187 people. Of that 187, 47 percent. Now, this was our this was our 28 star maker. Forty seven percent had been to at least 22 of the 28 star makers. Wow. It's a family because in that room, there is security in that room. Everybody is there because they're wanting to improve. My theme for this year is it's time. And our programs are only half day. And then we turn people loose to go play on Friday morning. We're going to talk about it's time to let go. People spend too much time living in yesterday. You've got to let go of yesterday by making it a reference library. Saturday morning, we're going to talk about it's time to stand still. Most of us have too much noise in our life, and there's no silence. You've got to have silence in your life. Mm -hmm. And then Sunday morning, we're going to talk about it's time to accept the challenge for your life. Well, it is time. There there are a lot of people listening to this conversation right now, Richard, and it's time they started doing things and started stop dreaming and stop, you know, talking about all the things they're going to do. So, it's time for people to start moving. So, Richard, this has been an incredible conversation with you. I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. You have brought so much value. I appreciate your time and I appreciate all the wisdom you dropped on us today. Let me come back sometime, Mark. No problem. Thank you again, sir. All right. Goodbye. Bye. I want to thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I know you could have done, watched, or listened to any number of other things, but you gave me and my guest your time and attention, and I really appreciate that. Don't forget to go to MrProductivity.com where you can find out information about my productivity coaching, my speaking services, sign up for my next level productivity digest, and so much more. And finally, consider joining the Mark Stuchowski Podcast Facebook group. The easiest way to get there is either click the link in your show notes, but if there's no link there, just go to MrProductivity.com and scroll to the bottom of the page and click the link there. Hope to see you in the group. That's it for this episode. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.